Hello and welcome to what I believe to be <laughs> We're not sure. episode 11 of The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young and I'm Vanessa Mitchell and we are so so lucky to Very present lucky. you um, June Lundgren and she is amazing. From the things I've seen of her online, you, some of you might have seen her in Ghost Adventures. Um, I think that's where most people would have probably... Um, have... A lot of you may have read her books. She has written some fantastic books off the back of her own personal experience, which we will put the link up to after the show so people can buy and read her books because I promise you they're definitely, definitely worth worth reading. Yeah, so I will uh, link uh, it into the episode description. So if anyone is interested after, after listening today, they can just click on the episode description and it will take you through to the link to be able to purchase them for yourself and have a read at home. So, um, hello, June. Hello. It's thank you so so much for coming on. Um, we're really honoured. Yeah, glad to be here. Um, so, I suppose first of all, um, because obviously we know who you are, but maybe not necessarily everybody else at home. So, could you give us very very briefly a kind of description? of your abilities, what it is you kind of do. I know you kind of dabble in most There's fields. a lot, so we'll have yeah. to take this section <laughs> by section. Because if she gave a brief description, we'd be two hours on everything she can do. So if you give us an overview, June, and then we're going to get, get deeper into it in more detail. Yeah, I'll just give you a once-over lately. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm a psychic medium. Been that been that way all my life. Um, I'm animal communicator. Um, I receive messages from animals like I receive, like I have conversations with people and I, I can see, hear, communicate and remove demonic entities and I'm a nurse and I'm a paranormal investigator, I have my own group called Ghosts and Girls Paranormal and, and you're an author. And I'm a, yeah, I'm an author, international author. So you're a busy girl overall, I would say. Yeah. A very busy yeah. lady. Yep, always busy. June, tell us, when did this become apparent to you that you had a gift? Was it from childhood? Um, you know, t tell us a bit about that. Yeah, my, my uh, mom dumped me off on my grandmother when I was a less than a month old. And my grandma was a medium. And so she knew right away that I had abilities. Mm. And she knew from a young child, I was, you know, animals would gather under my crib and they would look like someone's having conversations with me. They would listen, they would cock their heads. And when she would take me outside, they had a farm, and whenever she would take me outside, the animals would come, even the, even the wild ones. So she knew I had that ability, and she knew I could hear the other side, because Michael the Archangel was always with me, and she, was, she could see him, and they would have conversations about my future and what I could do, and things like that. Mm. Um, Fascinating stuff. Yeah. I like that. I like that the animals love you, and they can talk. Now, it's a. Are animals as precious as I think they are? Are they yeah, as pure yeah, as I they think are they even, are? Even more so, they're closer to God. Oh my goodness! It just makes you love them. Why even is more. that, June? Why do you say that? It's because they don't have our hang-ups. I mean, look at us. We have all this baggage. We have all of our hang-ups. We have all of our worries, all of our cares. And they don't have any worries about anything other than who's going to feed them next. Yeah. 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 You know, whereas we're, we're like, we're majorly, you know, obsessed with things. It's just ridiculous. But they, they're so simple. They're so trusting. Mm -hmm. They have no preconceived ideas about what should or shouldn't be. Mm. So this was obviously going on when you were a child. When did you first start seeing ghosts? 
When I was a child, I would see ghosts. Um, I've always been able to see demons, but up until the time I was like three or four years old, I saw them as most people did. I saw them at like a mass or a blob, that sort of thing. But around four to five years old, it changed for me. How I saw them was completely different. And I was scared at first. And Michael said, you know, you don't need to be afraid. So you see them as you see them as through angelic eyes. You see them as we see them. He said, you need to get used to that. I want you to watch them. I want you to observe them, see how they work. It's very important that you do that. And when I was, you know, you're five years old, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever you say. So all my life, clear up until my teenage years, I would observe them. I would see them. I would learn how they work. I would see them interacting with humans that sort of thing. So I just kind of kept myself aware of them and watched them. So June, do you see them as we would perceive, you know, the ugly with the horns and the tails and, the, you know, do you see them like like the movies? As horrific yeah, as they no, are. Yeah, see, the thing is, demons look into your mind, deep into your mind. They find the image that you have of how they should look. Oh. And they take that image and they magnify it tenfold and they show you this image so you're really not seeing the true image of them okay you're seeing the image they want you to see yeah i see them as they truly are in their normal form true form yeah which they're about seven feet tall 12 foot wingspan they're a lot like archangels in build and stature but that's as far as it goes after that they're like an ebony black um, what little features they have on their quote-unquote face is like non-script and their eyes are either yellow or red and when you look in their face you see every horror imaginable and then some just just evil just incarnate and if you were to look with human eyes at them most people it would hurt their eyes to even look at them they couldn't bear to look at them yeah but I've been seeing them that way all my life, so I'm used to it. And so that was going to be my next question. You know, how does somebody deal and cope with that? That must take a psychological toll on somebody. But if it's something that you've grown up with, I suppose it becomes the norm. Yeah, it basically is the norm for me. It's always been, it's always been the norm in the way that they are what they are. Mm -hmm. And I've accepted that. And Michael told me, um, you know, when I was little, he says, I'm going to protect you from them. He says, they'll never be able to, uh, to actually see you. You can observe them. They won't be able to see you. He says, I'll cloak you from them. He says, it's your job to learn all that you can. And that lasted until I was about 18 years old. And I went in the military and I served in the Air Force. We had a young man that was missing for a couple of days and I was working medical. I was working the ER emergency room. And they asked me to bring the ambulance and they were going to open the door to where the young man's barracks was, where he was living. And they were going to, they expected them. The ambulance, me and another tech, we went over there and they opened up the door and he was sitting curled up in a corner. Yeah. And there was a huge demon in the corner watching him. And I ignored it and we pulled him out of there, got him to the emergency room. And I went in to take, you know, to start an IV on him. And the demon was leaning over him and starting to pull his energy from his body. And I said, no, you don't. This one's, this one's mine. And the next thing I know, the thing disappeared. So that was my first really interaction with them. June, what? But it, but it never came back, fortunately. Yeah. But at that time, I didn't know what resided within me. I don't know whether it saw something in my face to where it's like, oh, crap, and I'm out of here. But it left, like, right away. 
later I spoke to the young man and he said he had this nightmare that there was a demon trying to take his soul and then an angel came and saved him and I told him not to worry about it that it would be okay June what so 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 they this demon wanted to take the man's soul now is it right to say that he would have taken the man's soul to hell and is it right to say that the that man's soul would never have gone to heaven so he's eternally trapped in the dark in you know in the underworld is that true not necessarily um sometimes demons will take the soul and they'll utilize it they'll use it for uh, basically they create slaves out of them right they can't get in you know if there's a place that's protected and they can't get into that location they will send in a human soul to you know basically open the door or to cause problems where they want to cause problems and so they utilize them that way, not necessarily. And when they use them up, then they discard them. So what do they do, discard them? Can that soul then go to, to back to heaven? What happens? Yeah it, yeah, it can go back to heaven. Yeah, it can go home. Oh, that's that's good. I was worried then that they would get... Is Are some souls taken down and never being able to, to get to he- heaven? Do you think? Or is yeah, that just for the movies? I've had a couple of cases where there have been ones that have been taken down there and they go into kind of like a limbo in the dark in the darkness there's like a, like solitary confinement and they're kept there until they either learn you know the error of their ways or they never want to change and so then they're released into the darkness with the rest of them rest of the demons so they, then work, in turn you know, the, become... they become slaves they become okay. slaves to them yeah um, now, my I wanted to ask. So, obviously, you say you see them, you know, in in their true form in in pretty much everyday life. Is it a common occurrence? Do you know? Are you walking down the street and seeing them, or is it quite um, just haunted bad yeah. haunted cases? Or um, it's uh, it's periodic. You know, contrary to popular belief, they're not around every corner, but there's enough of them around there to say. I would say I encounter. 20, 30 of them a month. Really? That's a, a regular, lot. That's on a, a regular lot. basis. And especially because I suppose you're not travelling far and wide, you know, in your community no. and stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> Goodness grief. So I'm going to go to that phrase of, you know, everyone has a person, personal demons and things like that. Does that manifest itself in, in any kind of way that is apparent to you? Um, person, if we're talking about personal demons, just like your own hangups and things like that, yeah, I see it, but it's not, for the most part, as I could tell people, I don't do humans. <laughs> <laughs> how would um, how would a demon pick its victim? How would, I mean, is it because they're low, because they're traumatized, because they're susceptible? What happens is it's a very it's a very interesting criteria. They are kind of like stalkers. They will, um, they will say, uh, you have what they call, there's different demons. There's the old demons, or they're the most powerful. They're the lesser demons, which are the ones you'll find in the everyday world most of the time. And then there are the minions, like the shadow people and the little creepy crawly dudes. Yeah. And the little creepy crawly dudes are basically the, the, uh, they're the Johns. They go out and they find these people and they wa- and they look at them, they watch them for a little while and then they tell their master, the lesser demon or whatever, hey, I got a live one for you. So then the lesser demon will sit back and watch the individual. They'll look for their weaknesses. They'll look for their strengths. They'll look at what's important to the individual, you know, like um, husband, wife, children, animals. They will look to see if they're easily influenced and if they are craving power, you know, power, money, that sort of thing, anything they can use against them. And when they decide to attach themselves, then they'll start influencing them. The thing is, they can watch you for years. I mean, people think, oh, they just, you know, see you and they they attach right away. But that's not always true. 99% of the time, they will sit back, they will wait, and they will watch. And like I said, it can be anywhere from days to weeks to years. 
and you won't even know because they don't say, stay with way. you. They they don't stay with you like every day. Every day they'll come and go, flit in and out, and see what they yeah. need to see, kind of thing. Joan, what yeah. does God do about all this? What does the angelic realm do to try and protect us from these demons? Yeah, people think, you know, that, you know, why isn't God helping? What's going on with that? But he does. There are over a million angel warriors that are walking the earth right now. These are the ones that are still in angelic form. And there are another, you know, say 500,000 warrior angels that are reborn into the physical world. They're here in physical bodies working, forming uh, light workers, forming connections. So they, they in turn can help stop the influx of the demons and to help people overcome them. Would you consider yourself to be one of these people? Yeah, I'm, I'm like a light worker, but people don't of the highest caliber because I died in 1998, 1988 in a motorcycle accident. And in that motorcycle accident, I went to the other side. And Michael was there. My grandparents were there. And Michael says, you have no idea of who and what resides within you, who you are. And, you know, I'm like, I'm just me. And he's like, no. And he touched my forehead. And I relived all 131 lifetimes to the life I have now. And he says, this is who you truly are. He said, your soul is Ariel, the archangel, demon slayer one of the five that guard the throne of God. And he says, you were sent back to learn to have compassion for mankind. He said, in the year 1198 AD, you ripped a demon out of a female human and the woman died. He said, this wasn't the first time you've done that. And God decided that you needed to go back down and live physical lives to learn to how to have compassion, what to learn what man is going through. So this is her 131st lifetime. But in each lifetime, she does, as she always has, she's been a, a demon room. You know, she removes demons. Mm. That's what she does. And she's been, you know, she's been hung as a witch. She's been burned as a witch. I mean, she's been strangled. I mean, there's a lot of lives, a lot of trauma. But in each lifetime, she does the same thing. She will remove the demons. She will fight the demons. And so, you know, it made me understand why I could see them, why I could understand them, you know, why I had to deal with them. And I, you know, I had a lot of questions. I didn't even know who Ariel was. And I looked it up online at the time of the internet was new. And it said that her name means Lion of God and that she's one of the five that uh, guard the throne of God. But not much more is known about her. And so over... Over the years, you know, uh, Michael did what he called a merge. He merged the soul consciousness with the physical consciousness. So I can see through her eyes. I can hear what she hears. I can see what she sees. And I can manifest what she wants. Mm -hmm. Like when she kills a demon, she'll manifest a white light sword. And she'll slice through it. And I can see the demon's molecules being spread among the stars. It's really the first time I saw it. It's like, ooh, this is cool. An but, amazing um, sign. She, she has her hang-ups, like we all do. I mean, she humans to her are a waste of time and energy, she feels, <laughs> because she feels they should be in pursuit of knowledge. They should be in pursuit of perfection. And we're so busy doing what we do yeah. that, you know, that goes by the wayside. June, I've but asked... She's been, She's learned to become more compassionate, I think, in this lifetime more than any of her other lifetimes. Yeah. Is there any kind of, do you know or is there any indication as to when them lifetimes will end and she will go back this up? This time. This is her this last is her, This is her last. Yeah. She's, she said, God told me that this is her, the accumulation of all the knowledge and all the experience that she's gained in, uh, in the physical world. And they're all, it's all going to be put into this four volumes. The first one's called Demons Here, The Awakening. And I hope to have it out by the end of July. Oh, but, um, it's, yeah, there's a lot of information in there that's never been told before. There's a lot of information that, about how 
the negatives work in the physical world and who mm-hmm. they're targeting and why they're targeting them. I mean, I've read and, I've read your books, June, and I found them fascinating. They're the type of book you can't bloody put down. Absolutely fascinating books, June. Um, I've I've spoken to you about this before a couple of years ago, but I want you to share this with the um our listeners. Now, I asked you, what happens to bad people? Do they go to heaven? Do they go to hell? You know, what happens? Say for people like, first of all, you know, murderers, rapists, and then people like Hitler. Give us the grades of of what happens when um, people like that die and what happens to the soul afterwards. Yeah, and during the German war, there were um, three demons attached, one to Hitler, one to Goering, and one to Rommel. And these... As you know, Hitler never brought his cabinet together all in one place because he believed if one, you know, if they did that, he would be, he would be, uh, you know, they could possibly all be exterminated yeah. at the same time. But there came a time when they all came together in one meeting place. And that's when Ariel, Michael and Gabriel were sent to remove the demons. It was then that Hitler started to fall. That Germany fell. But people like him, Hitler, um, and those under him that were doing genocide, these ones were cast down into the darkness. They can no longer live among the light. So they were cast into the darkness. Lucifer got them. You have people that are mass murderers. You have people that are, um, you know, serial killers. These ones that are like this are sent into that dark limbo where it's on the very edge inside of the dark realm and it's like solitary confinement. They're all kept there until they either change or they refuse to change and then they're cast completely down. If they change, if they change, then they're given judgment on whether they can go back to the light or not. But people that do small things, people that accidentally kill somebody or kill somebody in self-defense or something like that, they still get to go home. They still get to mm-hmm. go to the light because it's it's not like their intention is evil. Yeah, yeah. Because we're all you guilty know? of a sin or two, aren't we? Yeah, we're all, I mean, you know, like it says in the Bible, be perfect even as I am perfect, Jesus said. Because he knew we could never be perfect, but we could strive for perfection. Mm-hmm. June, when we talk to God, when we pray, as as my even people that don't believe in Him will pray to Him. Can He hear us? And what is the process of that? Again, I know you know this, and it's fascinating. So, if you could just tell it again, our listeners. Yeah, it's the people think you know why why do you, why don't you hear me? Why don't I want this? Uh, I need to have this or this needs to be done, or that needs to be done. Why don't you hear me? And it's like he said, that's why I wrote the first book. He came to me and he said, listen, I want you to write a book. I don't care what you put in it. But people need to understand that I do hear them. I do hear their prayers. I give them what they need, Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily what they want. And he says, it's like, he's like, I listen, I hear. I know that when I went to the other side, I could hear every living soul that existed. But over all of that was the connection with God. But I could still hear all these others kind of like murmuring in the background. If I tuned in, I could hear one of them. I could hear our grandfather, my grandmother. But they're all there and the connection is is all there. So he hears he hears, and, and you can be a, a million places at the same time on the other side because there's no distance. And one of the things I learned was that in their world, in the light realm, as well as the dark, thought becomes reality. And it's the intention behind the thought that gives it power. If your intention is to do good, it makes a powerful good. If your intention is to do bad, obviously, you, have, you do powerful bad. So God does hear us. And people don't understand if somebody's, when you come down, you make different, you make three different decisions. The time you come in, the time you leave, and the method in which you leave. And what you want to experience, something significant. Say you're coming in on April 1st and you're leaving December 12th and you want to die of getting hit by a car 
but you also want to experience cancer during that lifetime. You know, all of these things, the soul decides before you even come down. And people and, say, well, why did I get this? Why did I, why do I have to live so, with this? So it was written in the stars before you even started. Yeah, yeah. But as as a learning process for our souls to learn. So cancer may be a learning process. Becoming disabled may be. Being born autistic. autistic. It doesn't matter. Or living, being stillborn. People Mm -hmm. blame God for that. It's like, no. The soul wanted wanted to experience the creation process without the full birth. Or they wanted to experience the creation process and the birth, and then that was it. They wanted out. So is is there is there like a, a set number of people, and that set number of people have to experience all that life has to offer, and so are, are, are not recycled, but we come back again and again and again until we kind of have experienced everything and learn everything that we need to know. Yeah, the soul grows from experience. And that's that's the main thing. My son asked me one time, he said, you know, what is the meaning of life? And I said, experience. It's all about the experience. We come down to experience things we've never experienced before uh, with people maybe that we've never experienced them before. And we grow with each learning experience. Mm-hmm. If we don't, there are people out there who do not grow they don't learn and grow they mm. they go through the lifetime they experience it and that's it no big deal <sighs> forget it you know but if you're smart if you're open you will learn to grow and these are the people who have become spiritual who have moved on and uh, grown some will never come back because you know i've seen everything done everything why should i come back again you know that type of thing. Like Ariel. She's done everything she wanted to do. She hates being in the physical body. But she understands that this was something that she had to do. That she had to learn from. You know, that was June, the way it was. June, I've seen uh, this movie called What Dreams May Come by Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, Robin yeah, Williams. Yeah. Well, that's my favorite movie ever. And in this movie, for listeners that haven't watched it, it's when the soul dies, their idea of heaven becomes their heaven so if you want to your idea of heaven is in the pub every day on a festival field and with good people around you that in the film it portrays that's where you go to obviously there's a bit more to it Um, but June what do you think about that what is heaven what what's up there when I when I crossed and went to the other side you know it was you know it's hard because when you're still stuck in the physical world's uh, mentality, your consciousness, you, you perceive heaven as what you're used to seeing it as. It's, it's hard for our brains to turn it into pictures. Yeah. But I saw like clouds everywhere, the walls, the ceilings, everything. There was no distance. It was just white everywhere. I actually could see God in the distance. He was so bright that it hurt to look at him. But, but your idea you got, of heaven would be different from say mine and your experiences and your soul experience in this life are different from mine so i may see something differently i suppose i mean yeah i don't mean you may see it as a field or a favorite place you were when you grew up that you loved to spend the time at you know but i was only there transitioning i was only there for a short period of time so basically i was in the waiting room i was gonna (laughs) say the waiting room (laughs) you was at reception waiting waiting to be seen yeah exactly so, but each person perceives it a little bit differently. Yeah. Once you've crossed over and ascended, all that physical world structure is left behind. None of that matters because it's it's gone, it's over, it's and you're on to the next life. But but June, if you want a fag, if you want to drink, if you want to be with your friends and family up there, am I right in saying you can do? Because I believe that. I believe you. You know oh, you yeah. can. Yeah, you can. Uh, my grandparents were waiting for me when I crossed to the other side. You know, they were there waiting, and Michael was there. But if you had so been, you know, if you had wanted to, you know, go have a beer or whatever, <laughs> you could go have a beer with them. You know, it it doesn't make any because difference. It's because it's heaven. I think that's yeah, why it's heaven. called heaven because it's our idea of heaven. To me, it yeah. would 
I know lots of people that have died too young. And to me, first few weeks, I'd want to get back on the heavenly festival field, catch up with them again, and and that would be that would be my idea of heaven. Absolutely. Yeah, my and friends you, and my family. And you can see you just all you have to do is think of your like mother, father, whatever, and they they're right there. I mean, like I said, thought becomes reality. And if so, you choose to visit your sister who's alive in Birmingham, then you just think of her and you're there. And your sister will have you pop into your he their head. Like, right, okay, so that's what I was just you. about to yeah. ask. So now what you're saying is for, for the souls left on, yeah, so you just think, oh, sister in Birmingham, and then you're your soul will be next to your living sister yeah yeah exactly now this leads on to what i wanted to ask so obviously uh you know our, our souls go up we're there now where in the mix of all of this do we encounter hauntings where where how does this happen if we if we are there and we're happy and we're peaceful how how does this come about so how to get some get stuck and trapped what happens is sometimes, you know, people will stay behind because either they have a fear of judgment, you know, maybe they've done something that they consider terrible and they know they're going to be judged for it. So they won't want to cross over. So they'll stay in the earthbound. They'll stay earthbound or they're waiting for a loved one. They're mm -hmm. waiting for their wife, you know, their brother, their sister, whatever. They're waiting for them and they'll stay earthbound or they just don't want to leave their home or you know their land or they want to make sure the land is taken care of or or the individual is taken care of they have that choice they can stay behind and do that but when they do that if they remain earthbound they'll be stuck in their physical consciousness they they won't be open to all the other information that's uh, that you can get from ascending completely. So, so what if they change um, their, their minds after a few months? How, they, how can they get back home? The, it, that's where the hauntings come in. A lot of them don't know what to do after that. That when you first die, you see the light and you either go to it or you, st or you remain in the physical. And a lot of times they'll say, no, you know, I need to stay here for so-and-so. And then they'll miss the light. So they will find a living person who can help them, you know, find the light again and make the transition. And that's why there's a lot of hauntings, you know, because they're like, they're looking for somebody to, to understand them, to say, you know, it's okay. You know, here's how you get to the light. A bit of guidance. And so I wanted to ask as well, now, you said that, uh, you know, some people don't cross over in, in, in that fear of judgment. Is that why when in a lot of cases, the hauntings and stuff are quite uh, figures from a, a, a way back? So, you know, yeah, from the hundreds of years ago, because yeah. they, they were it was a more of a God fearing time. I think generally now as as a people, we are much more open spiritually, spiritually. And and it's not the fire and brimstone. Yeah, and that it, we, we're not. Yeah, but back then, you know, then 100 years, be. 200 years ago, I mean, you know, yeah, look at John, John in the Bible, he put the fear of God into everybody. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you're going to burn in hell if you do this or that, or you're messing around on the side. And it was, it's Old Testament, black is black, white is white. Yeah, yeah. And there's no, there's no in between. Whereas more people now are understanding that there's a lot of shades of gray. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of in between. And June, but back then they didn't know that. And June, does God move with the times? God obviously knows the difference because He's current in our lives, and I believe that. I'm a, I'm a complete believer in all of this and all of this that you're saying. Now, so for, for the listeners, so is God aware now that it's so different, and that um, He He has to move with the times with us as, as a human he race? Does, he does. He's quite well, he, aware. He gives us what he's we quite have. aware of the changes, and one of the ways that He is aware of the changes is every time one of the archangels that are in hu human form return to the other side. They will show him, they will help him to feel what ah, they felt, how what, they lived, all their experiences at, yeah. basically are downloaded to him so he understands. 
because the archangels, people have a misconception that, oh, they know how I feel. They know what I'm feeling. They know how I feel. You know, they understand me. They don't understand. They don't realize that they have been up there for hundreds of thousands of years. They have lost touch with emotions. They know the concept of love. They know the concept of hate. They know the concept of fear, of worry, but they don't know the actual emotions. And every time Ariel returns, she lets them feel those emotions so that they are learning, constantly learning. So who will take your place when when you go? Well, they won't because, like June said, this is Ariel's last lifetime. Yes, yes so, but someone will need to replace... Ariel. Yeah, well, well, though, believe me, there's plenty of archangels there's, there's that plenty going around. There's plenty of archangels that need experience, whether they've done something and they don't quite get it. Like Hanel, Hanel had to return. He, he's, I know where he is now. I know which physical body he's in. It's, it's a man in Scotland that's a good friend of mine, and he was being punished because he acted too quickly there were there was an airplane crash people were dying people were crying, and the children were were crying out for help and he pulled the souls out of the physical body before the crash but he didn't bother to look ahead and see that these these people survived the crash so he made a mistake mistake. so he was sent back to learn not to be so so impulsive so june this is going to sound you know like but so that would tell me that god isn't in charge of every decision Uh, the, the, the angelic realm the archangels have um their own position to make their own decisions so it's not exactly. like they so there's a big plane going to crash or something huge with lots of souls involved so they don't so god isn't in charge of that they have their own free will do they angels to make their own decisions they do but they're all they all they all are answer to michael michael is like the gap between god and the rest of the archangels he is in charge of all of them Right, and it's up to him to deal out the punishment, so to speak, or to help the other archangel who makes the mistake to learn and grow and understand. God watches it all, and but like us, you know, we have to learn by experience. Yeah, the archangels yeah, yeah. have to learn by experience as well, because, like you say, it it the earth is constantly evolving. Time is moving on. People are changing. Man is changing. Man's evolving. And so, you know, they have to learn. Everybody has to learn. June, can you explain something that I've discussed with you years ago in length as well that I'd like you to talk about? Um, How God found the earth, planet earth in the first place? Because obviously we know the Bible, there wasn't Adam and Eve. There were dinosaurs and everything else. Can you... Talk, talk to us about that, that process where God, you know, how this all happened. To, yeah, to find this, you know, a lot of people aren't ready to hear it, but, you know, I, th- I think thousands. a lot of people are, but I think it just needs a, a, a different explanation because we know, a lot of us know about um, spirituality and religion and Father God. We know that. We also know the dinosaurs. And to me, what you said kind of bridged the gap between the two. So I I find it's fascinating. What happened is hundreds of thousands of years ago, we lived on another planet. We had physical bodies. We had a life. And God found us there. And we were primitive. We fought a lot, a lot of disease, a lot of distension. And he helped us to overcome all of that and to evolve and to get rid of famine, get rid of war, get rid of disease. And our whole pursuit as we reached that higher plane of existence was all about learning, amassing knowledge, growing, observing. And we got to the point where we evolved into pure energy. And as we evolved into pure energy, we 
came together as one giant collective. And we had to wait for everyone to finish evolving because we knew that we could not leave anyone behind, especially like Lucifer and his followers. They would stir up problems. They would stir up trouble. And we didn't want that. So we all traveled for years and years, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. All over the galaxy, we saw galaxies, we saw stars being born, everything. And then one day, you know, the, the, the majority of the souls said, listen, we're tired of this. We've seen everything. We've done everything. We would like to have physical bodies. We would like to know physical love, have children. And Lucifer and his followers said, no way. This is not what we want. We do not want to be subject to disease, to pain, to growing old, that sort of thing. And so that's what started the war, quote unquote, between heaven and hell. Yeah. It was, you know, it, it, it lasted for a couple hundred of our years, but was actually only like a day, equal to a day over there. And in the end... Lucifer was disarmed by Michael and his son was disarmed by Ariel. And God told him, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. You're never going to be able to have physical body again. And he opened up a rift into a dark realm and put him in there. He said, you cannot live among us. He said, you cannot do it. And then he sealed the rift. And there was an archangel named Azrael and he said, Listen, what if some of them want to repent? What if them want to come back to the light? How can we know that unless we have somebody on the inside? So he volunteered and nine other archangels volunteered to stay on the other side. And in all these years, only a handful have returned to the light. But, you know, it's, it's all about learning. It's all about growing. And a lot of people don't want to accept the fact that we had lives on other planets before this and stuff, but mm. it's true. Yeah. Listen, nothing's too strange in this world. No, exactly. Nothing's too, yeah, yeah. Now, this is obviously, that is the, the talk of the creation of what we perceive to be um, hell. And you spoke right. earlier about the, uh, the, the old demons. Yeah. Now, right. are the old demons the original kind of Lucifer's followers? The old demons are, were archangels. Okay. They were archangels, but they turned against God. And so, you know, they had to follow with Lucifer. So they became, you know, basically the, the old ones, the more intelligent, the, they're more intelligent, they're more powerful. Um, they're more, they're less, they're less emotional. Whereas the lesser demons are like, hormonal teenagers they're <laughs> running rampant all over the place and they don't care about anything but creating chaos and pain and destruction mm, mm. and they're not as smart they're not as intelligent and then, of course then they have the minions who are under them which are the you know the shadow people the creepy crawlies the the harpies you know things like that and have, have you ever encountered a um old demon uh oh yeah yeah as zach baggins knows well yeah let's talk about that so you're on the show ghost adventures now i actually watched it for the first time the other day because i couldn't i, I couldn't actually find the series it's only when i got um discovery plus i could actually watch yeah. it and that was literally a week ago and vanessa called me around straight away and said you've got to watch this yeah. you've got to watch this so i said right this is who i'm talking about june so because unless you have discovery plus here we can't get it simple as that so, um, talk, I mean, that was absolutely cr crazy. So talk, talk us through that. Talk us through the bit um, when you said, if you hold my hand, you'll see what I see. Because Zach Baggins nearly had a bloody breakdown. I mean, he, it was, you know, he really yeah. felt yeah. something so strong to the fact he had to leave the, leave the location, come back, said about you, I don't know who this woman is, but something's happened to, you know, it, it was quite in depth. So talk us through that, June. Oh, what happened was I told him before off camera, I said, you remember, I said, the demon that attacked you at the demon house? And he said, yeah, I'm not likely to forget. I said, he's the demon that's waiting for you here. What does he want? I'm like, you know, I don't know. He has a message for you and you have to wait till you're in his presence. 
for I'll tell you because he won't tell me until then. And he's like, are my people going to be safe? I said, yeah, as long as I'm here, they're going to be safe. So I went in and I told him, I said, you do not want to see what I see because I see demons in their pure form. You won't like it. It's not good for you. And he kept bugging me about it. And finally, I'm like, okay, hold my hand. And what you don't see on there is the fact that once he ripped his hand out of mine, he said, I saw it, I saw it. And he said, at first, it was beautiful. There was the light, and it was all white. I said, that's that's Ariel that you saw there. Yeah, that's your right, then, yeah. Yeah, but then a curtain went down, and he saw it chained over in the corner. And he's, like, freaking out. I told him, I said, here's the message. I said, stop doing what you're doing. He said, what you're doing is disrespectful. And I said, he can stop your heart in an instant and don't think that he won't. So you need to straighten up. Jane, and that's um, when he just, that's when he, I was headed up the stairs because my part was done. And he just ran out of the hotel, just <laughs> ran out of the hotel yeah. and just took off. June, what, um, what was that episode called and what series was that? Can you just let our it was, know? Um, it was a four-part series called Graveyards of the Pacific. My particular episode was called the Norblad Hostel. Okay, great. So our listeners, please, if you've got Discovery Plus, get and watch that show. It's very, very good, I will say. Um, yeah, so... The only downside is, you know, before I even went in there, was they wanted me to leave the old demon there. And it's like, you know, leave the leave the old demon there until we get through with our investigation. And I'm like... Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. not happening. So this one doesn't need to be here. There was another lesser demon there and some little creepy crawly dudes. I figured they could play with them and that'd be just as good. Yeah, yeah. So I took I took it out before I left. And then after I left, I removed the other ones. So the message the message for him was to, to stop. Was that investigating that particular place or to stop his investigating career overall? To stop, to st stop um, challenging them, to stop provoking them, mm -hmm. to stop being in places where he shouldn't be. Like the, when he went to Gillies, yeah, Mickey Gillies, you know, down in where they have that the portal to hell. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was t he was warned at that time, and he didn't listen. And then he went, and he went into the demon house. And he didn't listen there either. Mm. Third time is a charm. Well, listen, he's just bought um, James Dean's uh, Axis Axel from his car, the cursed car. Yeah, because he collects. Um... Yeah, so, you know. See, the interesting part is a couple years ago, I get a message from Michael, the Archangel. He's like, you need to go to Vegas. I'm like, what the heck? I don't like Vegas. I'm not going to Vegas. You have to go to Vegas. So I found out there were, they were used, utilizing him. The demons were utilizing him. They were sending people to him with all of these demonic attachments attached to these objects. And what they were doing was they were trying to create a huge dark portal to open up and let a lot of the old demons into the physical world. Hmm. So I had to go down there and clean it out. Well, it sounds like so... he's building up his collection again. <laughs> Joan, you might have yeah. to get back in touch. I know, but he wasn't even aware of it because it was not for him anyway. This Jane, is something that had to be cleaned out yeah. ahead of time. We've asked this on the show before to a demonologist we've had on. And, you know, the question is, how would someone, say if somebody thinks they're in the stages, they've got an attachment, they're something demonic, how does a normal, average Joe public person who works in Tesco's you know, who's got no knowledge of this, Walmart. or Walmart in your case, or Target, who's, who's <laughs> got no knowledge of this world, what, what, how the hell do they deal with this? What do they do? What would you suggest they do? They, you know, that's the thing. Once you know for sure that this is, that you have something negative attached to you, and that's a big if, because it could be just um, an earthbound spirit that's negative. They were nasty in life, and they're nasty in death. Those are quite simple to get rid of. You just sage and they're gone. 
But if you have a demonic entity, and if you want to find out whether it really is demonic, sage your house. You'll be sorry because it ramps up the activity like a hundredfold. Right. This is fascinating because, because I was talking to Freddie yep. about this the other day, actually. we, were, we I said I want to do a... Um, a show on cleansing and everything because I was saying listen if it goes right you see it can go wrong and yep. also with the black salt which um, you know you sent me years ago which is the best bloody uh, thing I've ever ever had but if if you don't do the cleansing right you seal the entity with the black salt in and yeah, I'm trying yeah. to explain that this cleansing thing is a whole different ball game you know because it can go wrong so talk us through that yeah it's it's different if um if I have a location where I know there's a demonic, I will basically go in and just do the removal. Yeah. I will tell them, do not try to cleanse it with, with anything at all. Do not, do not because you're going to piss use it off. any sage. Even if you, you're sure what's in there, do not do it. Wait at all costs. Wait. And then I will go in or either from a distance or physically, and I'll do the removal. And I'll do a white light cleansing, but this is from using angelic energy, you know, using Ariel's energy. I can go in and blast it out of, because you're talking about a home, there are porous surfaces that absorb this negative energy and take it into itself. Yeah. It has to be literally, the surface, cleaning the surface will not cut it. Because if you only clean the surface, if you only sage, that stuff remains in the in the porous porous uh, uh, surfaces of the house, you know, ceilings, walls, you know, everything, even the dirt, even you know the the land. If you don't cleanse it with white light energy, you're gonna. It's just gonna res reside there. And it'll attract more demons because they'll see that residual darkness that it had been. You know, oh, somebody's already been here. Oh, this must be a good place. So we're going to cut, we're going to be attracted to it again, and we're going to start all over again. You can't do that. The only way to clean it is that way. I have to remove the demons themselves, and then I have to do the white light cleansing with angelic energy. That's the only way to truly get rid of it. Now, what would a person do who has got a negative, um, not a demonic um, haunting? So. Tell them now what, what you recommend they do. So they know they're in trouble. Um, they, 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 they realize they have to do something themselves. What would you recommend they do for a, for, for a normal haunting or a negative? Um, what's the process with that? Yeah, so for just a regular, uh, you know, an earthbound that's yeah, yeah. nasty in life nasty, and nasty yeah. in death. Yeah, you can, first thing you can do is just sit them down and say, listen, I know you're here. I don't care what you did in your lifetime, but you need to cross over into the light. Nine times out of ten, they'll that will help. You know, especially if you sit down and say, listen, I know you've done things that you're not proud of. I know that this is hard for you and that you want to go to the other side, but you fear judgment or you fear, you know, retribution. So this, you just know that he's loving God. He wouldn't do that to you. You're going to have to answer for what you've done. But in the long run, you'll be in the light. You'll be with him. Nine times out of ten, that'll work. And and then you sage, and it's gone. But there are ones that just refuse to go. If there are ones that refuse to go, then you just have a priest or uh, a, uh, a priest or a demonologist or somebody come in and clear the place out. Or and what about this like, the whole situation for our listeners to understand with salt um you see it a lot they put salt down sometimes it's white salt now i know the the, the salt that you've given me over the years is is literally like bloody magic so explain what people would do with salt during the cleansing process if, if you have like if you have like a regular soul that's attached to an object you can put white salt around it to bind it to to what's there, like the ball or the doll or whatever. If you want to protect your house just from earthbound spirits, you can just put salt around the outside perimeter of your home. And that will pretty much do it. You know, you say a blessing and prayer and ask that no, nothing 
you know, humanly negative be allowed to pass through. And that, that'll work to a certain extent. But if you've got anything demonic or anything that you feel is like the ultimate negative, you know, black salt is the answer because and why anything is black else salt is not going to work. Different, Joan. Explain to our listeners what's the difference black, between... This black salt that I make is the recipe was given to me by God. And at each step of the process of the making of it, he blesses it, and Ariel puts her angelic energy in it. So it has it has all of this uh, powerful white light energy in it. And remember, it's all about intention and thought. So you're laying down. We're humans. We need something physical to do, to put it down, to show that we're doing something physical to protect ourselves. And your intention when you lay down that salt is to protect yourself from anything and everything negative crossing that line, crossing that barrier. And that adds to the power of the salt as well. Mm. So it's, 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 your, it's your intention. It's showing an act of, not defiance, but it's... Of intent, that, that yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to... Put up with it. Put up with this, you you know, you need to go kind of thing. I don't right. know, June, um, I could talk to you for, like bloody 10 hours i find you so fascinating i always have um we're kind of coming up to the hour june can you first of all um t tell the listeners uh your books and where they can buy them first of all give us a brief outline for this first second one i've read them freddie and i june sent me the books over from america years ago and i just couldn't put it down there for, and i learned so much but instinctively, when I was reading them, you know, if something's like, oh, a load of bollocks, you know you have that instinct mm. to kind of get it, if it suits you or if it doesn't, or if it's too fantastical. To be honest, I got June's books. I really did, and I spoke to you about this. So, June, can you um, talk to, you know, yeah. where, yeah. where where, where um, do you buy them? What are they called? You can buy any of my books on Amazon.com. They're all available in print or in uh, ebook format. But um, the first one was a medium's guide to the paranormal. It's got a lot of information in it, a little about a little bit of everything, and it's told in a just like a one-on-one, -on -one, easy to read situation. There is it like and, a, is it like a, a handbook of what you need to yeah, know? And... Yeah, it's kind of like a, a basic reference book. I put a little bit of information in everything on all different subjects, everything yeah, yeah. from religion, you know, to hauntings, to demons. That you can learn from it. You don't have to read 300 bloody pages and Google no. that you, you just learn from it instantly. That's what I liked about it. All the questions I had in my brain are answered. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we want more questions, but all the fundamental ones, yeah. June explains yeah. from, from her and then there's And then there's the dark side of the paranormal. I can't tell you how many people have contacted me through the use of this book and how many people have thanked me over the years for you know, opening their eyes and helping them. This book is basically a primer on what what demons are, how they work, what their weaknesses are, what their strengths are, and what their fears are. And it took me two years to get the book out because they didn't want me to get the book out because yeah, I gave yeah. away a lot of information in that book. And then there's, um, I have two books called paranormal encounters book one and two these are like real life paranormal encounters and then there is um out of time it's a paranormal romance told from the perspective of not only the, the guardian angels but the ghosts and the animals included it's it's a really good romance it's i have a i have the sequel to it halfway done and then there's um uh there is uh, Demon Seekers, The Journey Begins. Yeah. It's based on, it's a fantasy book, but it's based in reality on um, the eight archangels in the world today. And the second one is going to be out for the end of the year. It's almost all done. So that it'll be the second in the series. And then Demon Seekers, I mean, uh, Demon Seer, The Awakening. I hope to have out the end of July. And like I said, yeah. it talks about, you know, what's going in the, on in the world today, what people have demons and how they work them. People may not want to know about that, but it's true. 
you know, all the stuff, how I they think work. information is power. Oh whether you whether you choose to read it and believe it or not, it doesn't matter. If you have that yeah, information, you've got the power and you can choose to implement it and accept it if you want. But at least you have that information. Um, yeah, Jane, and that's what this book will give you. It'll make you aware. There are two powerful chapters in there. Mm. One on protection and one to where to get help. I have put in the names of Keith Johnson and his brother, who are the demonologists here in America, they're premier demonologists. Um, uh, the, uh, the Archbishop of the Order of St. Michael of Exorcists, he's agreed to be in the book. And wow, really? have his information, yeah, he's a friend of mine, and have his information oh, put go. in there to help people. So I have a lot so of So it's real deal stuff then. June, um, yeah. we haven't talked about in this hour, because we haven't got time, because I really wanted you on to talk about you. Um, now, the listeners don't obviously know that you came to the cage, the cage medieval prison in St. Osith. I've left that bit out because I want to talk, I want them to hear from you, not me. Now, there's also lots of stuff, experiences I've had, lots you've guided me through um, over the years. So... I, I do want to discuss that, but obviously we have, we don't have time tonight. So I'd like to do another show with June Freddie. Yeah, yeah. And then course, we can um, go forward with what I know of her personally, because tonight's show is about what June has, not what I have to say. But I think we need to revisit that. June, June also flew over and came to the cage. June actually contacted me years ago and did that. I think that's another show because we just don't have time. But I mean, personally... I mean, I could talk to her for hours. I just could. because, And because I've read her books, mm. I know that everything that comes out of her mouth is going to be what, you know. Believe it or not believe it, it doesn't matter because it's information, it's fascinating. And um, I have experimented, well, I won't say experimented, but I have tested some theories of Jones and um, I've been having guidance from her and, and she's right. Just in my, in my experiences, she's been right. So I think it's one definitely to continue for another show. So it'll be June revisited very, very soon. June, if that's if that, we, we assume that. we You might not like us enough to come back. <laughs> no, I always have fun. I always have fun. She'll come and back. She, I need, she, and I need to help people. And that, yeah. this is about the way to say, to help her people. information needs to get out there. So yeah. just before we chip off, June, any a final message from you? Anything you need to say? Anything you want to do? I think the, the best uh, advice I can give anyone when they're dealing with a negative entity is never acknowledge it. If they see it, if they think they see it, do not acknowledge it. To acknowledge it is to make it see you and you don't want to make it see you because then it'll attach itself to you and make your life live in hell. Okay. And give it power, I suppose. If you give it time yep. and energy, you give it power. But, or even just, you know, in, in in the human world, to acknowledge yeah. someone is to give them the power. Yeah. If or someone's if you've got a little performing yeah. toddler, if you bandy to, you know, say, no, I'm not interested, they get bored of it. And, and it would make sense yeah. in the same spirit world. Yeah. Well, I think I'm, I might even adopt that advice moving forward. Thank you, June. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freddie works in a school, June. He's in charge of very, very many kids. So that's why oh. he said he, he may adopt that attitude. <laughs> Braver soul than me. I'd rather handle some demons. Than yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, oh, Stroppy teenagers. Goodness. And they're, they're, they're about 13, 14. So they're all going through it. And there's hundreds of uh, them, June. And they hormonal, all have to come to hormonal, his door. De hormonal demons. Hormonal yeah. demons. Yeah. That's the worst kind. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> June, it has been an absolute pleasure. And we were so lucky to have you. Thank you for coming on and speaking with us today. Thank you for having me. I'll be glad to come back in and visit anytime. Thanks, you're, June. You're Thank a you very superstar. Much. Our love to you and um, be safe, be good, be honest. And uh, we'll, we'll speak to you very, very soon. All right. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, June. Thank Bye, you. June. Bye. Bye. Well. I'm just, that woman, she just, she fascinates me. Like I say, not everyone has to buy into this. I get it. I get, we talk about topics. We have some, such rare guests on that I, I think we kind of go we, we trip outside the box sometimes the guests we have on 
And, but honestly, and, and, I know and, her. Yeah. I know this woman. And and it, and you are right. It's you know it's the same as a, a lot of the guests we've have have had on. Some of the ideas that they throw out there for some people is it's really out there, but. But it doesn't mean to say she's not got no, a point or and, it's and not true. Know, she's so. Um, she's chilled. She's. she's you, you just know that that's, that's what it, it Listen, is. this woman, she's dedicated her entire life to being a nurse. She works in the hospitals. She said she's looking forward to retiring this August. She's dedicated her, her life. You know, she's, got, she's a very intelligent woman. She's got a good paying job. Um, people, human lives are in her hands, essentially. And, uh, you know, she's, she's not some mad box of frogs, bloody woman. She's actually a very credible, well, listen, intelligent female. And a multiple published author. Yeah. You said there was a couple of books and she started reading them off. I went, Jesus, yeah. we're up to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe she, eight. Do you know what the thing with her? Oh, she, she, she's kind, you know. Very, that's very when kind. When I and first you, you only have to hear her, her voice and you know that, that you know, that's yeah. a, she's got a, a nature. As you can tell that, you can she you said get that to me, vibe. She said to me years ago, she said in the hospital, sometimes she's, she's dealing with her patients and she'll, she'll see a spirit and she'll say, listen, come in here, I need to take you in the cupboard. I can't pass you over here, but there'll be a trapped earthbound spirit somewhere or someone in visitation and she'll say, you can't be, come. And she said, sometimes oh, I say, get, get in the bloody <laughs> medicine the cabinet, cabinet You're room. And she says, and that's reality, of course, of working in a hospital because lots of people died. And she says, sometimes, oh, listen, I'm not on my break. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Come back in 10. Yeah, I'm not making light of it, but I can't do anything right now. But I'm going to get you yeah. on my break because you can't, you know, you, you need to leave. She's a fascinating woman. Fascinating. Whether and you she, believe and, it or not, it's fascinating. And she will be back very, very soon, guys. So keep keep an eye out for that and I'll, I'll keep you posted. But, um, guys, that is us for... Uh, today um, as always please follow our socials so instagram is the haunted podcast official twitter is the haunted pcast facebook is the haunted podcast official as well i'll put all of them in the episode description along with june's books and the amazon links and stuff for that also remember you can always email us if you have any questions suggestions thoughts anything like that um, if you want advice or guidance and that is the haunted podcast official uh at gmail Dot com. But obviously, as we always say, if you've got anything negative to say, don't bother because we don't like negative comments <laughs> and we will basically delete them and we won't listen to them. Because your negative comments are lies. Because, yes, yeah, so, so, so don't bother when we're saying bad because it's just delete, delete, delete. <laughs> we're, not, we're not bothered. We're not ashamed to say that either. It's just being honest. So Anyway, guys, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Have a blessed week and we will speak to you very, very soon. Bye. Bye.